Every time we gather in this space, either here physically or online to worship, I bring with me a certain set of assumptions about what we're doing. I assume that there is value in setting aside time each week to reflect on our life and to work on our spirituality, that, that part of us that is concerned about what it means to be human and what it means to thrive and not just to exist. Every time we gather, I assume that there is something in each of our lives that is bringing us joy, and I assume that there is something that we are really struggling with. I do believe that the way of Jesus can address the deep needs of our world and our lives, and if we don't intentionally recall this and practice it, we'll forget it. And I assume that my role is not to bore you, not to entertain you, but really help you reflect. Take stock of life and engage with God in some way, shape, or form. So, so those are my assumptions. Uh, th that's kind of where I'm coming from. So, so here's what I'm going to ask you today. Answer this question for yourself in your mind, or if you're a visual person, write it out, um, write it out on a piece of paper as we go along. But I want you to, uh, to finish this simple phrase. I am what? I am blank. So pay attention to yourself. What's coming to mind? I am hungry. I am tired. I am not going to do this, Chad. Maybe that's what you're thinking. Nothing is off the table, though. So let yourself go deeper. I am really grateful for my relationships. I am worried much more than I used to be. I am not sure about anything anymore. Go beyond feelings if you need to. Be descriptive. I am a father, a mother, sister, brother. I am made in the image of God. I am awesome. I am losing my faith. Pay attention to what comes to the surface. This simple statement reveals a lot about where you are in life, and it gets to your identity. If you were to actually unpack and work, work on some of these statements you made, it would be worth your time. Trust me, it really would. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. There's one thing I am pretty sure you do not say to yourself. I am pretty sure you do not say, I am light. <laughs> I am pretty sure you do not say that because that's not how we talk. And if you do talk like that, well, you're just a little bit odd, aren't you? <laughs> Jesus says some strange things that often need to be unpacked. The context for our reading for today is this. On a remote hillside, a Jewish rabbi and his disciples, all from the peasant class, sit down together. And the rabbi teaches that in God's kingdom, in God's world, those who are poor in spirit and have to rely solely on God, that those who are able to mourn for others, that those who hunger and thirst for justice and righteousness in the world, that those who, that, that those people, those people are blessed 
because they are in harmony with the kind of life that God is bringing about and, and, and the kind of life that God intends. And after Jesus finishes describing the nature of this kind of life God is bringing about, he continues to speak to those sitting there and he says, listen, you are the light of the world. Not you will be light someday if you try hard enough, not after successful completion of my six-month course, course, you will have the skills necessary uh, to receive a certificate uh, to, to detail how your light shines. I mean, no, it's you are light, even if you don't see it, even if you don't believe it, even if others tell you something utterly different. So being that you are light, Jesus says, in this world, embrace it. Be it. Live it. But as is the problem, so often when we encounter stories like this, the metaphors of first century Palestine are not 21st century Western metaphors. In our world, light pollution is a real thing that is causing harm to some species. A car's bright headlights can blind you to the point where you get into a car accident. Light's not always a good thing. So this metaphor doesn't exactly work as it used to, and therefore it doesn't make its way into our I am statements, our identity forming statements. And it's not just light. Jesus will use other metaphors that are odd to us to talk about God's kingdom, like salt and yeast and mustard seeds, which seems just, well, honestly, kind of pathetic. I mean, personally, I would prefer something bigger and better. Is God's kingdom not more grand than light, salt, yeast, and some kind of small seeds? I mean, why not, you are a lion, majestic and, and tough, or the kingdom of God is like a giant oak tree, strong and unshakable. I mean, I, I think those would play better with people. But that's not what Jesus says. It's not how it works. Light, salt, mustard seeds, yeast, that's where it's at. So, if, 25 years ago, if I were to do what I asked you to do today and finish the statement, I am blank, I would have answered that question or that statement in a really self-depreciating kind of way, overly modest. So, for example, I would have said something like, well, geez, I am nobody. I mean, come on, I, I am average. I am someone of no consequence. I was never depressed. I mean, I was just a realist. Like, come on, I'm not anything great. I did well in school, but I was not the best. I mean, I would never be the best. I would never get into an extremely competitive college years ago if I tried. I did well in athletics, but again, not the best. I was never going to be recruited by a Division I school. I had friends, but I was never going to be the most popular kid. Homecoming king, for me, that was never in my cards. I was okay looking, but I was never going to be, well, I mean, how should I, how should I put this? A, a hot piece of man candy trying to free up my time for my dating life. I, I embraced and exuded average. And by the definition of average, the majority of you uh, who are listening to this today are in the same boat. Fame is not going to come to you. Excessive wealth is not going to be something that you have to worry about. And that's okay. 
But here's what I know. When I embrace average, I have pretty low expectations of myself, and so do others. I don't expect to change the world or lives or anything. I, I mean, I can't. Let's be realistic, right? The cultures in our world are shaped and formed by powerful people, by social influencers, by great, compassionate humanitarians, all of whom are greater than I. Average means that you go along for the ride, that you shoot for as comfortable of a life as you possibly can make for yourself, right? That's the best you can hope for. And that, Jesus says, is a lie. A lit candle, salt, yeast, mustard seeds, they have several things in common. They are all small and ordinary, but when they are placed in something larger than themselves, they completely transform that substance. Yeast, when mixed with dough, will transform it. Mustard seed placed in a field will overtake the native crop. In many places, it's actually considered a weed because it's hard to stop once it gets going. A single candle can displace so much darkness. And salt, <laughs> well, if you've ever mistaken salt for sugar or, or had a malfunctioning water softener, well then you know that salt, even a little bit of salt, can completely transform and overpower what you eat and drink. That's how the kingdom of God works, Jesus says. Like yeast and mustard seed, Love, forgiveness, mercy, and grace, those things that are small and insignificant at first glance, have more staying power, more transformative effect, and create more changed lives than the powerful things of the world like swords, tanks, court orders, social media. And who is it that wields these life-changing elements of God? Who is the light that destroys darkness with love, grace, forgiveness, and mercy? Who is the salt that brings out the flavors of God in this world? It is you, Jesus says. <laughs> so what does that look like? It's a little bit of... Um, it's, it's a little bit of understanding given to your coworker who really bugs you. It's, um, it's a little bit of grace given to your kids at the end of the day when your patience is absolutely spent. It's a little bit of compassion shown to the person in front of you at the checkout in Target. It's a little bit of forgiveness given to the person who passes you in heavy traffic and flips you off. It's a little bit of light, a little bit of salt, a little bit of yeast. All of that can transform not only you, but the world in which you live in, in quite astonishing and powerful ways. Don't believe it, don't want it, don't buy it, don't think you're good enough for, for this because you're just some average person. A person of no consequence, doesn't matter what you think, Jesus says. <laughs> you are light. Accept who you are and live into this identity. This is the challenge that we hear today. This is the good news that we hear today because it is the story that brings us life. Thanks be to God for that. Amen. As a way of taking today's message and reading just a little bit deeper into your personal lives, here are a couple of reflection questions. Number one, 
Make a list of I am blank statements. Looking at that list, what do you realize about yourself? How do you see yourself? Question number two, do you believe that average people, such as yourself, can change the world for the better? Do you truly believe that?